0: Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part
1: of the fan-sided podcast network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Rocks Pile Rockies Report, brought to you by Rockspile.com. My name is Kevin Henry. I am one of the site experts on the site, joined as always by my good friend and fellow site expert, and that is Noah Yingling. Noah, how are you tonight, man? Doing pretty well. How are you? I am good. Uh, We are through 60 games of the 2021 Rockies season. And after a 3-1 win over those Oakland Athletics, the Rockies have now hit the road for what is always historically a nasty, nasty trip. And that's to Miami. They have never done well, Noah, heading to Miami And we know how that road record has been so far this year. Are you expecting some miraculous thing to happen in South Florida this coming week?
2: In Miami, no. Okay. But there is some hope as – well, we're recording this on Sunday night, and I'd have to check the Marlins score today. But entering yesterday, they had lost, I believe, nine in a row. Oh. No, They won today. So but still they, they've only won uh, three of their last 11, I believe. so so they have not been playing particularly well. Um, but then also after the Miami series they get to go to Jupiter, meaning they get to go to Cincinnati, which is the only park that's more of a hitter friendly park than Coors. So we, we you know if there's not a game, if, frankly if not every single game in the series, if every single game in the series, is not 10 to 9. I am not going to be happy. Well, no. I mean, if I
1: were <laughs> you, I would ask for an MLB TV uh, subscription back or something.
2: <laughs> so, so. Juice th- the balls again.
1: <laughs> it's a really weird road trip if you think about it, because they left Denver, they're off on Monday, then they go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in Miami, and then straight to Cincinnati for Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the weekend series. It just seems like that's a nice little triangle. Then knowing they're coming back home, then after the Cincinnati
2: series, yeah. And it's uh, that's the thing with, especially with the more off days now that teams have, you see some really weird scheduling. Like for example, for Cleveland, they, I, I I'll have to double check it, but yeah, they okay. So yeah, they were at home. Uh, And then they went to Baltimore. They had, mind you, they had an off day on on Wednesday and Thursday because they had a rainout. So Wednesday and Thursday they had off. They went to Baltimore for three. Monday is an off day because if you want to look at Monday's schedule in baseball, there's three games. It's at 5 Eastern, 940 Eastern, and 10 o'clock Eastern. Oh, I saw somebody
1: tweet about that. That's very odd. You're right.
2: Yeah. So, but then Cleveland, they, so they go from Cleveland to Baltimore. Then they go to St. Louis. So they're backtracking and then they come back home and mind you, they have off. So they had off days on this past Wednesday and Thursday. They had an off day, but they have an off day tomorrow. And then they have an off day on Thursday. Wow. Uh
1: Who's doing these scheduling? Seriously, somebody uh, somebody who doesn't understand the, the the joys of travel apparently. Yeah. So, <laughs> and you want to talk about a little squ- scheduling quirk? I'm looking here at the Rockies schedule, and you can confirm this for me. But I show a Rockies Marlins game at 7:10 on Tuesday, 7:10 on Wednesday. That's Eastern time, by the way. Yeah. And then again, 7-10 Eastern on Thursday, the getaway day. Yep. So they will have the late, late night into Cincinnati then uh, on on Friday. Of- so
2: you know that means that game's going to go 13 innings.
1: Absolutely. You can count on that. You're <laughs> exactly right. You know, and no, I've been to a couple of the series between the Rockies and the Marlins in Miami. And one thing that I always know is that it's just a place that the Rockies either never get comfortable or something bad happens there. Yeah. So, you know, we've had the Daniel Murphy avulsion fracture in the second game of the season. We've had Nolan Arenado getting hit by a pitch and missing a couple of games while in Miami. So, I'm just hoping that we've had a string of kind of bad news lately with Trevor Story, with John Grey, But from what you've been hearing with Bud uh, in the postgame, and by the way, great job being on those postgame pressers, like media members should be, I hear, Uh, the fact that uh, Trevor Story may be back in Miami, and John Gray may even pick up a baseball and do a little throwing maybe in Miami as well. Is that what you're hearing?
2: Yes, that is what we are hearing, and that is a lot better than pretty much anybody thought. Because, I mean, when you hear forearm tightness, And when you hear elbow soreness in the same sentence, that's never a good sign, usually. Usually. But according to Bud Black, his MRI was clean. Um, So if he gets a ball in his hand sometime on this road trip, meaning this week, that means he misses one, maybe two starts, which, I mean, considering that, we were all thinking the worst at the beginning, Tommy John surgery, elbow surgery, where he would be out for all the rest of the season. Plus someone next season. Yeah. That's obviously a heck of a lot better. Um, So hopefully he can return Trevor story is slated to return as well. Um, So the thing with them will be is can they prove themselves to be healthy going forward in the next few weeks here before they almost definitely will be traded.
1: So you mentioned Trevor Story. You mentioned John Gray. One thing I think that has flown under the radar that you've been keeping on track of, and again, kudos to you, young man, is the fact that Chris Owings is working his way back as well. And if I remember the timing, he actually could, in a perfect world, come off the 60-day IL while the Rockies are in Miami. I don't think he's going to be ready for it, but he could come off during that trip. Yeah,
2: he could come off a bit, but according to Bud Black, uh, this was a few days ago, he said that um, assuming everything went well, he thought that uh, Owings would go on a minor league rehab assignment within the next seven to ten days. So that will be – that will fall sometime in the next – in this either road trip or – the San Diego series, which will be the first series back at home.
1: But I, I could conceivably see and, and argue with me, if you will, that uh, Chris Owings could be back with the team by the end of the month.
2: Oh, yeah. So. Uh, I, I can't argue with you on that because, I mean, if even if he plays, let's say he, worst case scenario, he goes on a rehab assignment 10 days from today when Bud Black said it would be 7 to 10 days a few days ago. And let's say he plays uh, ten games or so in the minor leagues. That that's still within the month of June. Yep. So
1: okay, I was just doing the math in my head, so I was wanting to make sure that that was correct. And I think that that will, you know, and certainly we can, we can. I'm sure we will write about this on Rockspot.com. But when Chris Owings comes back, there's going to have to be some decisions made as far as what that means for the roster. And looking at the roster, just 30,000-foot view, it doesn't look to me like there's a lot of fat to necessarily trim off that position player roster. No. So it makes you wonder, and Noah, you brought up a really good point with me while we were texting earlier today, would Bud Black consider going with a shorter bullpen and more position players, possibly.
2: Well, the thing is, is particularly when John Gray is back, assuming he only misses a start or two, Chichi Gonzalez is going to be in the bullpen. You don't need two long relievers, and if you don't think you need, uh, if if you don't believe that, look at how many times they've been used. Ulysses seen has pitched in three. He pitched in three games in the month of May. And it's he wasn't on the injured list. He wasn't day to day. He pitched in. Three games. you, one of them was a start. So he had two relief appearances. But yet, how many times have the Rockies run out of bench players Yeah. so far this year? That tells you that your roster construction is not good. You need to cut a reliever or two and get some more bench guys on. I would say one is fine, especially since you have a four-man bench and you do have a versatile team you don't need six bench players but also too with the rockies right now they do have some guys with minor league options which we haven't had been able to say that much before because with the injury to gray and the injury to jordan sheffield who's going to be out a long time um there's his injury is way worse than john gray um that's Corey and bud black right yes um it's, he has the same injury as Kyle Freeland, but the tear may be in a different area. Um, but he, Bud Black said that it is more severe than Kyle Freeland's tear, and Kyle Freeland was out two months. So uh, take that as you wish. But for the Rockies' bullpen, Kinley has options. Gilbreath has options. Bowden has options. So pick one of those three likely not Tyler Kinley. So pick Gilbreth or Bowden. And there's the guy that you're likely going to send out. Well, one of them is going to be sent down when Gray's when Gray is activated and perhaps even one sent down when story is activated, but they could possibly send Alan Trejo down because he has minor league options. They aren't going to send Hampson. They can't with Diaz or Adams. Um, then that's something we'll talk about a little bit with Brian Kilpatrick, which we'll have on the other side of the break. Um, But for guys like, for example, with Matt Adams, is there a spot for him on the team? No. uh, At least that's my opinion. And that's the opinion of a lot of people. That's one thing if he was hitting 400, but he's not.
1: Well, You know, one of the things that we've always talked about is that Bud Black loves that veteran presence. And we know that that's one of the biggest reasons why Matt Adams is still on the team, that he brings the left-handed bat off the bench. But if you look at the position players and who could be sent down or DFA'd whenever it comes to the return of Chris Owings, I do think that you're most likely candidates are Trejo to be sent down. Or you DFA Adams, and yeah. I think either place you've got plenty of guys on the roster to make up for an Owings coming on and one of those two guys not being on the active roster.
2: Yeah, or do they decide to get rid of Owings? Personally, I highly doubt that, considering how well he started the season, and he's a veteran who is uh, can, can play pretty much any position. So
1: here's the other scenario to think about is that we know Trevor Story will be back before Chris Owings, at least on in paper, on theory. Yeah,
2: in back. theory, yeah. Yeah.
1: So if Trevor Story comes back, then you're likely looking at a Trejo going back down, I would assume. Yeah. And then if you have a Chris Owings ready, then you really have some very slim options on what you can do if you chose to swap him out for another position player.
2: And one I wouldn't be surprised with is since when Gray comes back, you'll have Gonzalez in the bullpen. They're they probably DFA see Yeah. If I had to guess.
1: It would make sense. Yeah. It would make sense. You know, I read one article, and, and forgive me, I don't remember off the top of my hand, but they said that Chassin might actually be a trade candidate, which I – was a little surprised to see that, but it also made me wonder. I you
2: know, believe that was the MLB uh, trade rumors one. That's right. I think it was. Good
1: point. And I was a little surprised to see that, but it also made me think, okay, would the Rockies literally hold on to a guy to possibly use him as a trade chip? Because that's the only reason I can see that you've got a seen on your roster right now.
2: Yeah. Or I know this might be controversial. You can trade in June.
1: What you watch your mouth, young
2: man? you watch your mouth,
1: <laughs> well, you know our, our friend Robert Murray from fansided uh, you know long before John Gray was injured, long before there were questions about his you know will he how quickly he'll be back, you know, he predicted that it would probably be June whenever a John Gray trade had
2: tra- trade happened by the way, I said it so quietly, I'll say it again. you can make trades in June. <laughs> Well, you know, there were some interesting comments,
1: of course, from Bill Schmidt, uh, the Rockies uh, interim general manager uh, earlier this week about trades. We're going to talk to our friend Brian Kilpatrick about that and a lot, lot more after this break here on the Rocks Rockies Report. I'm super excited. Good friend and Rockies Twitter media legend, Brian Kilpatrick. BK, what's up, man? How are
3: you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be on with you. Uh, I nothing, not many things more that I like than than talking to you, Kev. So it's, uh, <laughs> I'm excited, man. Well,
1: it's no, it's no Salt Lake bees game, man. But uh, we'll do what we can, you know. So yeah,
3: right. yeah. Hey, it's not a. What, it's only a week or so, I think, until Albuquerque comes to Salt Lake. So if you want to come out again, and uh, you know, I'll I would be not there. Find that a bit.
2: So it's going to be a six-game series, too.
3: Yeah, I know. So plenty of, yeah, plenty of opportunity there. Plenty of isotopes, man. So, BK, okay, let's start with a big, important question here.
1: I'm seeing on Twitter that you're going to be in Denver for the All-Star game. Can you confirm or deny that report?
3: I can 100% confirm that I will be there.
1: Can you confirm you'll be at 1520 Stout Street at any point during your visit?
3: Uh, you know, the first thing I was planning to do when I, when I set, when I touched down in Denver is to head to fifteen twenty stout. And if there's not a line of people waiting for me, I'm going to be disappointed. I've been training, um, been, uh, been working in the gym with a, with a local boxing legend here. So I'm ready to go.
1: Well, I can tell you, that's why I'm treating you nice right now, man. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want any fisticuffs. I'll tell you that. So now. Super excited to have Brian Kilpatrick around, uh, BK's, uh, if you know Rockies Twitter, you know that BK led the charge of Purple Row for so long, uh, has done Rocky Mountain Baseball, and now is at Mile High Sports, so man, we're excited to pick your brain a little bit about these uh, Colorado Rockies.
3: Yeah, I, uh, I still enjoy watching them and talking about them, so I guess, uh, you know, I've got that going for me, and I'm just, I'm. Mostly, I'm just glad that people still care enough to read and listen and, and consume the content and and all of that. So,
1: well, let I'm going to lob out the first question here, and then I'll let Noah pepper you uh, after that. Uh, so, obviously, there's been some talk out there from Energy uh, and Bill Smith that uh, doesn't sound like Trevor's story is necessarily on the trade block right now. Did that surprise you? And do you think that that's just kind of posturing right now?
3: I think it's posturing. I mean, it, it, but also at the same time, I guess it doesn't It doesn't surprise me, but I also think it's posturing. So both can uh, answer okay. your question. Um, it would not surprise me if they don't trade him, um, which is silly. But, you know, the only way that's defensible, I guess, if you're the Rockies, the only way it's truly defensible is if you think that, you know, you can get a comp pick. The comp pick that you get is worth – you know, more than whatever you could get in return on a trade. Um, And so it wouldn't surprise me if they don't trade him, um, not necessarily because they know that they'd be doing the right thing if they don't, just because they, you know, Dick Monfort doesn't want to trade the star player in a season where, you know, the optics are already bad. Um, But at the same time, if they don't trade him, it's just kind of foolish and he's not the only one, of course, but, so yeah, it's that. That's that's kind of a roundabout way of answering your question. That, that <laughs> it's it's posturing, but it also wouldn't surprise me if it's not actually posturing.
2: <laughs> well, and so though, like a lot of things with the Rockies in general, it's it's surprising, but in a way, it's like it, we've already seen this before. So it nothing. Yeah, <laughs> And
1: BK, you know, you mentioned the, the optics and, and we know how how uh skewered the Rockies were in the national media because of Nolan. If the Arenado trade had not gone down the way that it did, do you think they would be approaching Story and Gray at the deadline any differently?
3: No. No, not necessarily. Um it's I mean, I guess now that, you know I I'm surprised there aren't more there's I mean, and who knows, there's just it's not I think the one thing that that is for sure different is there's less like it's less likely for this news to be leaked to the media, at least from the Rockies side, like any sort of the rumors or talks or anything going into it. It's I don't think anybody from the Rockies is going to be saying anything. So that's the only real change is that whatever is happening, I don't think we're going to hear about it. I think that that stuff is on lockdown. Um, of course, if there are talks and there are other teams being aggressive about those players, which it's, even if the Rockies are getting the word out there that they're not interested in trading those guys for whatever reason, I don't think other teams necessarily believe that. So I think that those teams, if they aren't already are going to be hitting the phone lines hard, trying to talk to the Rockies about the likes of Gray and story and probably Michael Givens as well. Mm -hmm. I would imagine, um, it's th- that stuff's probably happening. We're just not going to hear about it from the Rockies perspective. I don't think, and that that's the real side effect of what happened with the Nolan, R situation when it comes to these, you know, any trade talks here in the near future. Good stuff.
2: And then also too, for the trade rumors with story and gray, we're recording this on Sunday night and both of them are currently on the injured list. Do you think that they uh, their trade value will be impacted by them being on the injured list as it is right now?
3: I don't think so, um, especially with Story. I mean, he's his injury is really minor, and he's he could be back on Tuesday, I believe, um, if I understand that right. Yeah. Um, Gray, you know, to be quite honest with you, I uh, was off the grid for a few days, so I knew that Gray got hurt and that Gray got moved to the injured list. I just didn't see the extent of his injury. But it's not going to impact any trade talks for these guys as long as Gray's thing isn't serious. But, you know, it's both of these guys have a track record that that shows, you know, they're going to be worth uh, swinging a deal for regardless of, you know, Gray obviously didn't get off to a slow start of the season. He's been bad his last couple starts. So maybe that in itself is a red flag to other teams, but story in particular, his injuries minor, his track record speaks for itself. Like it's not going to be an issue that he's uh, that he's on the IL right now.
2: And with gray, it was a suffered the injury, of course, on Friday. Originally it was reported as forearm tightness, and elbow soreness. So mm. naturally, with the forearm tightness, people were like, "Oh boy, yeah. that's Tommy John surgery." Yeah. But then Bud Black said, "No, it. It the MRI came back clean, and he hopes that Gray will pick up a ball again during this upcoming road trip." So did
3: anyone? Did that. anyone say no big deal? Did that? Uh, did that get out there anywhere? Did anyone say that about Gray's injury? Uh, Rockies. Andy I Robinson, don't
2: yeah. think they said that, but uh, not not word for word, but they said that it was Fair. much better than they thought it would
3: be. Okay, because if they said no big deal, then I would expect Gray to be out for the rest of the season. <laughs> because he said that, he's he'll probably be okay. Forearm tightness, that's almost always really bad when you hear about it in spring training. But yeah. like I feel like when you hear about it during the season, it's not always it's not always uh, the immediate the immediate red flag. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So here with Ryan Kilpatrick of Mile High Sports, and one of the other things, too, um, that could be potentially impacted by Story and Gray, assuming they get traded, is what the Rockies roster construction will look like after they're traded. Um, as it is right now, there have been a lot of people on Twitter, and all three of us are on Twitter plenty enough, that we see that there's already a lot of people that, don't like their current roster construction. Um, do you think that the Rockies are still going to go with a lot of these veterans after their uh, assuming story and gray are traded? Do you think they'll be going with some of these veterans like Matt Adams for example, where people are not happy that he's getting any
3: playing time? History says yes. Um, and the one the one thing it, – it's not a great comparison because these Rockies are on their way down, whereas the Rockies I'm about to compare them to were very clearly on their way up. But it's kind of like in 2016 when – I think it was 2016. Was it 2015? I think it was 2016 when uh, they were clearly going nowhere in the second half, even though they had kind of toward the middle of the season. I think they were like hovering around 500 and kind of looking decent. But, that pretty uh, much
2: describes both years. So. Yeah, but but in
3: but in but in 2016 they continued instead of like trading the likes of Nick Hunley and there were some other guys too, they just continued to play those guys down the stretch and hold on to them and eventually finish like 75 and 87. It's like, why are you playing these guys? You know, number one ahead of players who could use the playing time a little bit more, but number two, why don't you trade them um, you know, and get some sort of return for them instead of letting them play out their contract and then just leaving. So I could see the Rockies doing that with, the, with guys like C.J. Crone and Matt Adams and, and uh, even Michael Gibbons, who isn't the greatest comparison but still kind of applies here. Like, if those guys, C.J. Crone especially, uh, he's the only Rockies player. Well, before today, was the only Rockies player who had an OPS over 800, um, that should be a guy who they should be like aggressively looking for suitors. Um, yeah. They should be trading him, and, and it would be a great move because you know they they saw something they still liked about him, even though he had a down year with Detroit last year. He's played really well for the Rockies, or you know, somewhat well at least. Um, that's a guy who they should be trading. Matt Adams is a guy who they should either trade if he gets halfway decent or just cut bait with I wouldn't be wasting a lot of time with them but the history suggests the Rockies won't do that that they will let these guys play and for whatever reason that they feel is is uh, is uh necessary that most people uh, looking at the situation honestly would, would not agree with
2: by the way too it looks like you were uh, right about it being 2016 because they finished 75 and 87 yeah and at the trade deadline, they were, I believe, they were one game under five hundred. Yeah. yeah, they, they lost absolutely
3: nothing. First. Yeah, they did nothing at the trade deadline that year, and it was one of the first. It was one of the first uh, big red flags I had with Jeff brightish it was like, what? What are, what are they doing here? They got all these guys that they could, they could trade and get something for. Like, what's what's happening here? So, yeah, that just just history suggests that that's how. Really, at this point, it's how Dick Monfort wants to run things. He wants to have these veteran guys around, and he wants to have guys like C.J. Crone, who might, probably will have good numbers come July. Um, and so he doesn't want to get rid of a guy like that because he thinks fans are coming to the ballpark to see him. So is what it is.
1: <laughs> so here with our friend Brian Kilpatrick from My High Sports. And, and BK, i got to ask you a question. So we're talking about that infield, and we know it's pretty crowded right now. Does Brendan Rodgers in your crystal ball get the chance actually this year to get those number of bats where we can see exactly who he can be with the Rockies?
3: Surprisingly, it looks like they're doing that, right? Um, you know, it's it doesn't help when Josh Fuentes, who's super streaky, like plays like he has the last few weeks. They're gonna they're gonna keep him in the lineup, which. I I don't hate, like I I know that Fuentes has his limitations offensively, but you know, the guy can hit, he can hit. That's like he can hit and he can play defense. Those are the two things he can do. He can't necessarily get on base. Those are two different things, but he can hit. Um, And so that complicates matters a little bit, but I mean, I still think that there's, you know, ways to, to play Fuentes and McMahon and Rogers even when story comes back and it looks like the Rockies are doing that. And I'm going to keep it. I don't know. I guess I'm going to keep a, uh, a, an optimistic outlook as far as that goes, Um, because they have, they have to let him play this year. He is, when was he drafted 2015? I mean, it's been a long time and some of the guys he was drafted ahead of just kind of makes you sick to the stomach when you see what they've done. And it's not like Rogers is even a flop. You can't, you can't say that he can't, you can't sit here and say that he's a washout or a flop because he just has not been given the opportunity Now the opportunity has been given. He's made almost nothing of it, but he really hasn't been given enough of an opportunity to say whether he's going to be, you know, someone good or whether he's going to be Dustin Ackley, you know, it's, yep. it's hard to say at this point, but, um, I feel like they're letting him play They're, they're, they're going the right direction with him. And I really hope they continue to do that. Even if he's, you know, hitting two Oh five, two months from now, like you got to let the guy play out the season and get him as many big league at bats as you can. So you can see what you have in him and you don't end up with a situation that you had with Rymel Tapia a couple years ago and Jonathan Daza this year. Daza is not the best comparison, but you know what I'm getting at. It's like, these guys are all of a sudden rule five eligible or out of options or whatever, yeah. out of options, I guess, being the more, more of the accurate term there uh, before you really know what you have in them. And, and Rogers is going to be that next guy if they don't do this, right?
2: Yeah. And he was drafted in 2015, third overall. Um, the Rockies didn't have a chance to draft the guy who was right above him, but they would have loved to yeah. as it was Alex Bregman. Um, but behind him, Andrew Bentendi, uh, who was drafted by the Red Sox, uh, Ian Happ of the Cubs, um, Josh Naylor, who was drafted by the Marlins then went to the Padres and now it's with Cleveland, um, Walker Buehler is yes. another one. Wouldn't you love to have him in the Rockies rotation?
3: Correct.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep so, for sure.
2: Here with Brian Kilpatrick of Mile High Sports and second-time contributor, the first one was Tim Melville. But we're going to talk about another Tim M and his tweet and how it is become the biggest thing on Rocky's Twitter for a good reason. We'll talk about that on the other side of this break. And we are back here on the rocks pile, Rockies report, no yingling Kevin Henry and Brian Kilpatrick of mile high sports here with you. And we are going to talk about tacos and there's an apostrophe in between the O and the S of tacos. Some people don't like it. You'll get over it. Um, but it's all for a good reason. And we have Brian on here to talk about it with us of how it started. So the Rockies, it happens now because when the Rockies score seven runs on Twitter, if you're on Twitter, people tweeted out because the taco bell promotion of, if the Rocky score seven runs, you get free tacos, but it started the apostrophe in a different reason. And Brian was part of the reason behind it so how did it start
3: out uh i have to give like well there's a lot of credit to go around i guess but as far as it making its way to the rockies community i have to give like 90 at least 90 percent and that might be that might be a really low to Connor Farrell, who was at rocks pile alum. And, uh, but back in 2017, when he was with purple row and I was running purple row, um, I th- it may have started in our Slack room. Um, but yeah, the tacos tweet, which was from, a, a an account named Tim bro, dude, which was a, uh, an offshoot or, or a parody, I guess, of a, of an account called Tom bro, dude, um, but just this tweet out of nowhere, tacos with the apostrophe in it, just started gaining traction. Um, and it, 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 at some point, we just thought it would be funny to start referring to that, you know, that version of tacos when the Rockies scored seven runs. Um, it gained a lot of steam early on, which was super weird. Just these things happen. I don't, I don't quite understand it. Kind of like the John Elway's birthday type of situation. Just. <laughs> Dumb, innocuous things that take on this huge life of their own tacos being the biggest, obviously, because now, like, I mean, the Rockies themselves started doing it, and like MLB knows it's a thing, and so they reference it. Like, it's so weird. But when it first started gaining steam, um, I can't remember if. I honestly can't remember if I came up with the idea to do the T-shirts, or if Breaking Tea, who was the company we were that was doing T-shirts for SB Nation sites, came up with the idea to do the shirts, or even if it was Connor. I do know that Connor was the one who suggested, "Hey, if we do these shirts, let's make a donation to Shatterproof because the Tom Bro Dude account that I had mentioned, um, uh, Tom actually passed away the year before that um, due to addiction issues." Um, and so we decided to donate a certain, I think it was like all the profits of the first run to, uh, to Shatterproof, which is a a foundation, um, that helps with, uh, with addiction. Uh, and so we wanted to do that to send our thanks to really how this tacos thing started. Um, and so we, you know, we ended up donating, I think close to a thousand dollars, um, to, wow. to that foundation as a result of the sales of those shirts. So tons of people bought those shirts. Tony Walters wore it in the clubhouse. I think other players did too. Um, But that's basically it. It's not like a glamorous or really hilarious story. It's just, again, another example of these crazy stupid things that take on a life of their own and, and just become like, you know, rallying cries of an entire community and uniting things like, you know, it, and, and and just things that lead to further hilarity, like, you know, normies coming in and arguing that tacos shouldn't have an apostrophe and <laughs> just that type of nonsense. So um, it's, I don't know, it's, yeah, one of many examples that makes our community just super fun and awesome. And, you know, really, everybody's got their heart in the right place. And that's, you know, that's, that's good stuff. So that's the story behind tacos,
2: so it started in 2017, and I dug back into the Purple Row archives to find mm-hmm. your article on it, and um, you, your, first, your very first sentence is essentially a sentence you just said, quote, Twitter is a weird place. <laughs> <laughs> and then yes. you said, if you're familiar with, quote, the Rockies drafted Greg Reynolds over Evan Longoria, party deck or Coors, chances are you are a member of hashtag Rockies Twitter and know just how quickly a silly meme can be born. One of these memes, Tacos, has taken on a life of its own this season as our beloved Colorado baseball heroes have gotten off to a franchise best start. Of course, they ended up going to the playoffs that year and in 2018, and then it's kind of gone downhill since. But you pretty much said what it was four years and a week ago now, yeah. uh, what you just said. So, but um, for that tweet, that tweet is still up. From that Tim Brodut yeah. account, it's Tim Mendoza, and it was from 2009, and it has uh, mind you, the entire account has I believe three tweets, um, <laughs> none of which have been since 2009. Um, so that's as you said, Twitter is a weird place.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Early Twitter, like early weird Twitter, was just it's yeah it's hard to it's hard to explain like why it was funny or, or anything like that i can't possibly explain it but yeah that's that's what i like to call early weird twitter um a, a perfect example of it and uh yeah like i said tom bro dude perfect uh perfect encapsulation of that whole kind of weird twitter dynamic and um it was really cool to be able to do something positive out of that whole thing and, and, and at least help out because you know, you guys, I'm sure I'm not making assumptions, but I would imagine addiction affects some portion of, of your life, Noah and your life, Kevin, and my life for sure. Like, you know, not you directly I'm saying, but people you love or people close to you, like yeah. you can't, you can't know anyone who's not affected in some way by addiction. Um, and so it was really cool to be able to, do just even a tiny part to help with that.
2: You know, we yeah. Start- I mean, that's something that's definitely a, pretty much anybody, whether it's them directly or a kid or even parents, cousins, whatever. Cause I mean, I've had one cousin in particular, she passed away from an overdose probably three, four years ago now. Um, and I've had another family members as well. And I assume that probably applies to Kevin as well.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's something that uh, obviously anything that could be done to help somebody, um, it, it's an amazing thing. You know, and BK, I was joking with you when you first came on about 1520 Stout Street. You know, there's so many little Rockies Twitter jokes that are out there. But at the end of the day, I've I've always been surprised and, and very pleasantly that way, how that when something bad happens or something is needed, it's a community that rallies for its members. It's a community that rallies around it each other and we saw that again earlier this year yeah. uh, the loss of a member and i and i think that it's something that we you know twitter cannot be a pleasant place sometimes but yet uh the rockies twitter and, and you've been a big part of that community uh, since really its inception and to see the good that it does as well sometimes
3: yeah and i never like as 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 long as i'm associated or involved i would never want it to be a place where when an opportunity like that arises where we can help someone that we don't do it. Um, That's just, that's the day I'm out. You know what I mean? Like, but I don't ever see that happening because there are just legitimately great people um, all over the place within that community, even on the fringes and even people who we sometimes disagree with or have spats with, like there's a lot of legitimately good people who just want to do good things at the end of the day. And that's, that that makes me that makes me proud, and that's what makes you know will make me want to stick around.
2: <clears throat> By the way, too, on that tweet, I just looked at it—the original tacos tweet, July twenty second, two thousand and nine. And mind you, the account, like I said, it has three tweets. It has one hundred and thirty three followers, surprisingly, um, but it has six hundred and thirty two retweets, <laughs> and it has five hundred and eighty six likes.
3: There you go. And there's not been
2: a tweet since August of uh, 2009 where the last tweet was just chilling.
3: Yeah, I was <laughs> I was going to ask you how many retweets the tacos tweet has by now. So, yeah, that's uh, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> that's fantastic. So, yeah, over 600. <laughs> it's the- wonderful. But but that's good though because I want people to know where it came from, you know, like and that's yeah, that's there you go. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and BK, you mentioned it a minute ago, and I think it's hilarious whenever, you know, we had our editorial director come in and try to correct the, the spelling of tacos recently. <laughs> and I always love to see the people who don't know the backstory. Yeah. All of a it, it is like the masses come out and they're like, oh, no, you're wrong, man.
3: You're wrong." You're And even like people, there's people who, who know and they just don't care like Manny, for instance, <laughs> yes, yes. he's never going to, he's never going to refer to tacos in that way. And that, you know, it becomes endearing because it's part of his persona and, and, you know, we like that. That's that stuff's fun.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, BK, uh, Hey, we love what you're doing over mile high, man. We love following you on Twitter. We love the fact that you come on with us and and talk about this stuff. And, and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you what's, what's a prediction that you've got for the rest of this Rocky season. Is this a hundred loss team uh, now that you, now that we've gotten 60 games in?
3: I've I said it before the season. I said it again pretty recently, I think on a radio spot, and I'll say it again now because it just seems everything's kind of playing out exactly how I expected in that they're not gonna lose a hundred games because the starting pitching's too good. Yep. Um granted it doesn't help that Freeland looks like the two thousand nineteen version of himself so far, but it's early, but the starting pitching's too good. Marcus is too good. Gray's too good. Obviously, Gomber's been awesome. Like it's yeah, it's it's nothing that has happened this season has surprised me. It's pretty much playing out exactly as I expected. Although I didn't quite think they'd be that bad on the road, but again, the, the the starting pitching's just too good to lose a hundred games. And I even argue. Oh, I even argue the back end of the bullpen is too good to allow that to happen too. So, um, the bullpen has its issues. It's pretty bad on the whole, but the back end, you know, those guys are going to, those guys are going to save and win some games, um, throughout the season too. So I still think 95 losses. Yeah. Like, like don't get me wrong. They're not a good team at all. And they're not going to finish anywhere near, you know, a competitive, a competitive place to end the season. But, they won't lose 100, and that's kind of, I feel like that's just kind of the goal this season, uh, whether whether anyone wants to admit it or not. So, yeah, that's, uh said it, said it all along, and I'm still saying it now, so we'll see how it plays out.
2: And I've got one last one for you. For Twitter, you are known to uh, change your name fr- semi-frequently on there. You Currently, you are Hermann Marxist. Instead of German Marxist or Hermann Marquez, you have... Herman Marxist, um, I know another one of yours in the past was Dicky Simpkins yeah. um, after Dickie simpkins I assume
3: that's correct um, uh,
2: what is your uh, favorite name that you've had on Twitter in the many years that you 've been on it?
3: Uh, man that's a good question uh, i had I had a good one. I had a good one for a minute but then I re- then I found out someone else was doing it um, but I was kind of doing a bit for a minute. It kind of went under the radar and it was only and I only stopped it because I realized someone in another community had already been doing it but for a few days I don't remember what it was I think it was last season but I was going by Normie Charlatan, <laughs> kind of play off Norm Charlton and I was uh, you know just kind of doing some Normie bits. Um, that was good I thought for a couple days didn't get a lot of reaction kind of went under the radar and then I found out that there's like a there was a like a norm charlatan in another community too so I I axed it real quick but that might have been my favorite one
2: you know one that you might have to do in the future is just make something to make fun of Padres fans because I know
3: you are not a fan of
2: Padres Twitter not at all
3: (laughs) I'll figure something out
1: I'm sure I, I do not doubt that about you, BK, in any way, shape, form. <laughs> Hey, we, we uh we always enjoy catching up with our friend Brian Kilpatrick. Make sure you check him out over Mile High Sports. And uh, BK, we will look forward to interacting with you on Twitter, my friend. Um
3: I'm I'm always there, unfortunately and fortunately. Um but <laughs> yeah, I it's great talking to you guys and uh I'm always willing to, to chat Rockies. So whenever you guys whenever you guys need some content. For the podcast, hit me up.
1: <laughs> you got And in backstories on Rocky's Twitter is always good as well, man. We, we you you become the Rockies Twitter historian. How about that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, between you and Connor, uh, we'll definitely hit you up, man. I appreciate it. Yeah,
3: there that. you go. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Uh, well, hey, thanks, BK, for joining us. Noah, as always, good to talk Rockies with you, my friend.
2: Nice to talk Rockies with you, too. And we'll hopefully be doing it here soon again.
1: Absolutely. But until then, hey, go Rockies.